I have so many friends who all we talk about is politics. I mean, and politics in the sense that it's like how it influences society. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not, we're not talking about like, oh, this bill. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> but usually yeah. it's like, you know, Denver right now is putting up fences everywhere because they're trying to kick homeless people out. I so, saw that. Mm-hmm, it's really bad. With my own two eyeballs, actually. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? Oh, I hate it. Why are we spending money on fences? Where should we allocate the fence funds? The fence funds should go to the homeless people. I'm confused. The unhoused communities, I think, what we're supposed to say. The un- okay. Um, the unhoused community. Yeah. I think that we spend a lot of money on Band-Aid solutions. If we were able to not do that, we might have a lot of money to spend on like actual solutions. You know? Yeah. It's hard because it's like that thing where you don't want to do nothing because you know, shit's fucked up, but. So is this their way of doing something? Like, is this something, if we're not doing nothing, is the something a Band-Aid always? So which, yeah. Okay. You know, I want to, I want to rephrase that just because I think it's, it's very dependent on the community that's doing the work, right? Yes. I think most of the time, if it's like, I'm just going to be, this is how I feel about it. But most of the time, if it's a white-led community, they're Mm -hmm. solutioning everything. Yeah. Also, I don't think fences is a solution at all. I think it's actually like the opposite of a solution. You're making it worse for everybody. How? Well, (laughs) honestly, it's really just like people in communities that have like the government or I don't know. The city has started putting up fences everywhere. Yes. Those are the communities where people are like, oh, I don't want to see homeless people. Okay, well, if you don't want to see homeless people, what are you doing to help the community, right? Right, yeah. So you're just going to kick them out? Mm-hmm. Is that that's your solution? That's mm-hmm. not helping anybody. That's making their right. lives so much harder. There's so many mm-hmm. instances where, like, there will be people have tents set up and the cops will get called on them and they have to, like, pack up all their stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the, um, the person will be... I don't know, go and do something with their life, whatever that is. Yeah. Which, no judgment that let them do whatever they want. They're humans. Exactly. Um, and the cops will get called on their, on their little encampment mm-hmm. and they'll pack up all their stuff and throw it out. So you're just appeasing the person who made the phone call in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the cop goes home and says, feels better about themselves. I did something for the community tonight. Well, I bet. I mean, why else do we have cops at this point, honestly? Right. <laughs> they I really mean, just have convinced themselves that they're that they're the uh their solution to everything. So right. I saw so <laughs> when I saw the fence in Denver on one particular downtown street, what I saw happening actually mm-hmm. was two homeless people setting up a tent within the fence, the fenced off area. Oh, so they wow. said F the fence. We're going over. Here. We're Hell doing yeah. the damn thing anyway. <laughs> Good for them, honestly. Yeah. So I don't know how long that lasted, but they yeah. said we do not care. You're not kicking us because out. here's can they care? Do they have the capacity to care about the fence? Like if I need, I got to find shelter for the night. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I don't really. I've never been unhoused, right? So I don't want to be like, oh, this is like, you know what I mean matter of fact, but I feel like if I were in the shoes where I didn't have a house to live in, Mm -hmm. I would just put up a tent. 
Like, yeah, that that's exactly what I'm saying. Like they don't have the luxury of caring that now the city has decided to put these fences up. I don't, it's, I don't know how much of a deterrent it is, I suppose is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely like a, I don't know. I, I want to call it like a social deterrent. Like, um, I think, you know, the unhoused community knows that members putting fences up to prevent mm-hmm. them from having a little um, place to sleep, you know? So yeah. I think there could potentially be uh, people who are like, yeah, uh, I can tell that you're trying to kick me out. And like, it's fucked up and I don't like it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um I just don't know. Everybody deals with that differently. Everybody deals with confrontation differently. You know, some people yeah, are like, true. I'm going to do what I want. And mm-hmm. other people are like, well, I guess I have to like go find somewhere else to stay or, you yep. know what I mean? Speaking of confrontation. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> in your field of study and your future career field, do uh-huh. you, are you comfortable with the way that you handle confrontation now is that something that you have to or need to or want to shift in we've talked about this some because again it's like i shouldn't have to change the way that i say things to make you hear me you know what my thing about confrontation is i tell people this every time i meet someone i say Mm -hmm. if i do something to offend you please tell me And that's Mm -hmm. not to say, like, I'm not saying that to people, like, in the space of, like, oh, I said something racist, you need to tell me I'm racist. Like, no, that's that's a reflection I need to do. I need to be able to figure that out on my own. Mm -hmm. But if it's, like, um, you know, like, something less high stakes, I guess, is the best way to Yeah. Just tell me that I upset you because then we can have a conversation about it. I My confrontation style is very much, like, just come sit. It's like the break bread type of confrontation style. Yeah. What I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's how I view it. I mean, I don't think that, honestly, like, I think the way I confront things is is 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I agree with you. Hell yeah. I, I like <laughs> the way that you approach things. I wish I was more like that. Just because it's like, why are we beating around the bush? And what another thing that I extract from you saying that is you saying, I'm just going to trust everyone else and leave it up to them yeah adults and if they have a problem with me like come come to me with it until you tell me we have a problem I'm gonna continue like we don't dude that has been the biggest energy saver of my entire life same yes it that's that's been hard for me but I think that's hard for a lot of people I think both of us probably are the type Mm -hmm. of people that know when someone's upset you know what yes. I mean? Like, oh, I energy shifts. Tell. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can 100%. tell. It's all over you. You're yes. mad. Girl. You're mad. You're mad. But it's not my responsibility. This is how I feel about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. It's not my responsibility to walk up to you and be like, hey, I can tell you're angry. Let's mm-hmm. have a conversation about it. Unless right. I like really, really, really am. Uh, like if somebody, if one of my friends, like one of my close homies is like upset and I can tell, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. them. But if it's yeah. like a person I don't know and and they're upset about something, there's so many things that person can be upset about, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, I yeah. just walk up to them and be like, oh, like, did I upset you? Because first of all, I don't know if I did. Second of right. all, if I didn't and now they're like, 
why what's happening you know like that's exactly that's weird (laughs) and then the third thing is like they need to be able to have the emotional capability to have that conversation with somebody yes you know 100 percent. that's exactly it i think it saves us from a lot of overthinking and anxiety here's the thing too is there's a lot of people in the world who don't have that awareness right right there's a lot of people in the world who have no idea when somebody is pissed off Mm-hmm. That's true. Then it's really, really on you because you really have to go up to that person and be like, hey, that was messed up. And I don't think that we should rely on people's um, awareness of their surroundings to be able to have that conversation. You know? So are we saying yes, because what immediately comes to mind is those who are on the autism spectrum. A lot of times they don't have that awareness, right? A lot of the people don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It, it's very situational. I guess we're saying maybe as a whole, the general rule of thumb is I'm not freaking out that you're mad at me until you tell me. Yes. But we take it case by case with those closest to us, I suppose. For sure. Case by case. Definitely. But yeah, yeah. general rule of thumb, like a random person is angry. Don't, don't assume it's about you unless they say it is. And then, you know, exactly. have that conversation with them. Dude, so much time and energy is wasted. And, you know, particularly like in the workplace and community, like social groups and all that stuff of like, oh, well, they're, they must, they hate me. I pissed them off. Did they tell you that they hate you? Did they tell you that you pissed them off? Because if they didn't, I'm over here not thinking they did. I like, yeah, that's been a big, like, I'm putting up a wall. (laughs) I'm not doing that. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that is like, it's hard for people though, because I think that's a part of like social anxiety, you know, a lot of people with social anxiety are just like, uh, everybody hates me, which like, you know, that's how their brain works. So it's it's easy for me to be like, oh, I'm just going to pretend that person doesn't hate me until they say something to me because I can do that. I can shut that off in my brain and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not dealing with that. Like they're going to have to talk to me, you know? Yeah. But I know a lot of people with social anxiety who will just like spiral, 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 spiral. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like, like as someone, <laughs> as someone who has had and experienced social anxiety their entire life, I can say I have to, and have had to work very hard at turning that off and putting up that wall within my own mind. It's because your mind is controlling you until you control your mind. Period. And it, it's harder for, for certain people to be able to do that in those situations. But if you can work towards that, it will save you so much time and energy. Yeah, that I mean, really though. If we're talking about energy saving, that one right there. That one that right one, there. <laughs> is that is that number one. I mean, if we're talking about energy, saving energy and life lessons we learned in our few short years on this planet, because <laughs> I'm I'm 21, we know that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> in my 37 years and your can I say your age that's fine 26 years um I mean life lessons moving through the space like childhood trauma coming of age like all this shit that we're figuring out grad school you know like that's the energy saver right there is that boundary and then I mean life lessons Whew, life lessons man telling you what are they what are some of them many of them I mean when we just talked about like the piece of advice that I really like hold true to myself is write it down 
write it down. Write okay. It down. Why, why does it serve to write it down? And what is it? Anything. Honestly, you're angry, you're sad, you're, you got anxiety, whatever it is. If you have the space, because I know sometimes it's hard to do that, but I think it's yeah. also a habit thing, you know, like yes, I have my journal right next to my bed so that mm-hmm. I know if I'm having like a, a hard time going to sleep or whatever, I need to do a brain dump. I'll just brain dump in my journal and then it helps me go to bed because then it's not in there anymore. It's on paper and I can exactly. be like, okay, I thought so about much it. Power. You know? Yes. Yes, and I think exactly. It also serves the purpose of seeing your growth, you know, like we talked about, so, like going mm-hmm. back and seeing like what I wrote, sheesh. Uh, like night when I was 19 is totally different than, than what I write now, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. even like a quarter ago, as we were saying quarter, as in like school, school. Um, yeah. Yeah. A quarter ago, still the way I write is completely different now. Like it changes so much. It's your voice, you know? And dude, it's such a testament to the work that you're putting in the growth that is happening along the way, because it's hard to wake up and see that growth every day. But when you look back in a journal, you have a timeline of that growth that you can see the way that you write things. I mean, I'm giggling because last session you talked about the papers that you wrote for school. (laughs) It's like not even that far apart. And you're like, this bitch said what? When? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, and we talked about how, you know, I've looked back at my journals and I said, like, I, I liked that part. I was in that relationship. Right. Like, look how far we've come because we, we're on this journey of self-growth forever evolving all that, all the fun terms. Right. But how do we know that we're growing? What is our yardstick of measurement? And like you just said, writing it down is how we can measure all that, you know? Yeah. And I just feel like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I really do feel like it's important to be able to look back and be like, oh, like I am doing the things. I feel like when you don't have a way to see the growth that you've made, it's harder Mm -hmm. to keep going, you know? That's yes. Cause you're like, is all, is this all for nothing? Cause I'm spinning my wheels doing the self-work it feels like, but where is my growth? How, how can I see it? You know, I mean, everyone else around you can tell you, they can reflect it to you, right? Hold yeah, up a mirror for that. you. Nobody listens exactly. to that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't care what I say to you. <laughs> you need to read your growth. You need to see your growth on paper, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, especially as a person that's like, ew, compliments, you know what I mean? Right. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that's a good point. I think a lot of people, it's hard to take compliments, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes into like the confidence versus cocky thing. Like if you are a person who, and I mean, this is speaking from personal experience, like I used to have like real low self-esteem, like Mm -hmm. bottom of the totem pole self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even remember why I started saying that. Cocky versus confident. Okay. Thank you. See, ADHD. When you start trying to like go on that journey of self-love and, and Britain being confident and uh, mm-hmm. all that jazz. I mean, I, first of all, I would say like fake it till you make it. First right. Yes. You it. Do you, you wholeheartedly believe in that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Love it. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, go keep going. I mean, I think that you fake it till you make it, but you still got to do the work at the same time, right? You can't just be mm-hmm. faking it the whole time and then expecting something to happen. Like that's not going to work, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you're faking it while you're in the journey of really truly learning how to have confidence in yourself, of how to love yourself and all of that, 
then yes. it's going to work twice as fast, in my opinion. Yes. If yeah. Agreed. Doing what, and I think it's also that like conversation about like, um, you know, like if you do a behavior, then your brain is going to be like, oh, like this is what we're doing now type of thing. Yes. hundred percent. Oh, exactly. And where thoughts go, energy flows too. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, I mean, if you have low self-esteem and you're trying to be confident and whatnot, it's going to feel like you're being cocky. It's going to feel like, oh, mm. like I had a, I had a big problem where I was like, damn, like, am I a narcissist? Like real talk? Like I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I remember well, like when I first met you, you questioned it a little bit. <laughs> literally. Like, oh. I'm like, yeah. like I, I take tests online. I'm like, am I a narcissist? I'm Google like all this <laughs> <laughs> Just a minute. And by the way, narcissists don't Google that stuff. <laughs> right. By the way, you're not a narcissist. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like, ew, like I, I feel like a person that is, is too comfortable with yourself. You know what I mean? Yes. But yeah. I don't think that's a thing. I don't think being too comfortable with yourself is a thing, especially in a society, like particularly with, particularly with women. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. As a society, we really just like fucking beat women down. We're like, fuck yeah. you. You know what I mean? Yes. So I don't think that being confident is ever a bad thing, honestly. Well, because why do we even think that it could be a bad thing? Because men have told us to tone it down. Yeah. I mean, woo, girl. Okay. You just opened up a whole new can of worms. <laughs> My the man. amount of men I have met in my life who are so mad mm -hmm. that I'm loud. So and mad, dude. Why, why do you think they're mad that you're loud? Like, because See, now I'm using my hands. I'm getting into right, it now. Like getting... <laughs> <laughs> they're mad because I know I have power. Yes. And the whole time, the whole construct of society is that the only people who have power are white men. As soon as you are like, and, and this is, again, a privilege to be able mm -hmm. to be like, I have power. You know what I mean? I yeah. think everybody has power. I think that's mm -hmm. true. But there's like levels of like what you can actually do with, yes. your power, with your privilege and all that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. But people who have been traditionally told that they're the ones in power, if you start questioning that shit, oh my God, the anger <laughs> you will see. Oh my God, it's insane. They... Wow. I have never met someone so angry as a man who I told was wrong. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's fear underneath the anger? Yeah. I mean, cause I think, I think that, uh, women have gotten to the point where we just do everything by ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't need men anymore. Hyper independent. Hyper. I mean, hyper independent and also, and also like necessarily independent. You know what I mean? Mm, like, there's been yes. a lot of times where I've had to do it on my own because nobody's been there. That's where you learn hyper-independence from, right? Yes, yes. So I think um, men are afraid because, and I don't know if this is true. I'm not a man, but this is this is my thought. You know what I mean? Okay, yep. I think men are afraid that they're not going to have a role in society anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be. That's why I wondered if it's fear underneath the anger. Are women about to take over all of our positions? Are we going to meet a matriarchy? Oh my God. No, Katie, because remember, we're too <laughs> emotional. We can't we're handle the, the positions you know how of power. Wars we would be in if women run the country. <laughs> right. They just be going to war because they're on their period. <laughs> just be pulling the trigger, <laughs> clicking the bomb button all the time. 
<laughs> Listen, tell me how many wars we've been in that's started by women. Hello? Hello, who? When? Where? <laughs> Where are the receipts? <laughs> <laughs> the receipts. Well, they would say, well, it's because we we haven't been given the opportunity. Well, that's number one, the first point. The opportunity to start a war. That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. Right. Would I start a war if I could start a war? Probably. <laughs> but we would say it would be the right war, the just I mean, war. Hypothetically speaking, we all right. want to think we're right. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing. Oh, that's a whole nother can of worms. Everyone thinks they're right. Yeah, man. I mean, I know I'm right. So. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing. Do you truly believe that? No, man. No. I'm right. constantly questioning myself. Constantly. But That's I think- why you're not cocky. Right. You know, like that would be that jumping over that threshold of like, because I know people who dogmatically say they know that they are right. Which is just crazy to me because I'm like, it's crazy to me too. You never thought like one time that you were like, maybe that's not the right. Nobody's ever <laughs> been like, hey, man, I don't think that that's good. No one. Really? I know. I mean, yes, there we make our choices that we make because we believe that they're the right choices. But right. just because I think this choice is right for me doesn't mean I'm not also saying that your choice that's different than mine is wrong. Yeah. There's wow. more than one right choice and right oh. way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't get that. It's not two sides of a coin, it's a prism. It's the gray space. It's the gray space. And that and people are scared of the gray space, I have found. Yeah. I, I mean, it goes back to like, you know, white people don't want to give up their power. That's what right. That's why we are constantly running up this fucking mountain being like, come on, get on my back. <laughs> let's go. Like, really like pulling people up the mountain. Like, come on, come right. With you know what yes. I mean? Yes. I wish people you. could see what you just it out right there my animation because that was great (laughs) yeah like what it looked like is you carrying 10 people on your back up a mountain that's pretty much what I was doing yeah 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 but yeah the gray space I think because I think we are conditioned to have the mentality that it's this or that Mm -hmm. just two choices That's also a white supremacist concept. 110%. Mm-hmm. It, and I think sometimes, go ahead. No, go. I was going to say, I think sometimes there is, you know, like I, I was very much like a, a black or white person for a long time because for me, it was like a trauma response, you know? Okay. Yep. You had to go through therapy to be able to unlearn that and to be able mm-hmm. to do acceptance pieces and be like, okay, like I can't control everything in my life. I can't, mm-hmm. like, there's some things that I just got to like ride with the wave, you know? Yep. Um, and I think that's what gray space is, is just being able to be like, okay, like I can't control everything. Um, and also just being like, I'm not right sometimes. Dude, exactly. Yes. I think, you know, the very analytical black and white minds, they need to know the why behind everything that everything has to have a specific answer mm-hmm. it's either this or it's that you know but i mean that's why i love philosophy so much because all of it's gray and i think the oh. sooner that we look at the world in terms of a prism and not a coin with two sides 
maybe the sooner we get along better. That's just the wishful thinking, I'm sure. But sheesh. Yeah, we all die before that. So oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> the whole human race is gonna be extinct before that ever happens. But you know what? You need to let me live in my idealistic mind for a second. Okay. <laughs> I will come back to reality in three, two, one, and I'm back. Okay. I thought you were going to say three to five business days. And I was like, all right, I'll see you later. No. <laughs> I'll see you later. No, I, I shift fast. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think the gray space, that's one thing that I wrote down that I wanted to touch on that you said not too long ago is existing in the gray space, navigating the gray space. And navigating that's the gray space. Yeah. Do you think riding all of riding the wave do you think all of life is gray is yeah. life gray in general yes yeah yeah and absolutely. I, and I think a lot of people don't understand that which is why a lot of the suffering and turmoil comes in because they think it's black and white they so desperately need it to be black and white when yeah, I think, gray. man that's tough because I really think that as a person who lives in gray spaces, I think personally it's it's easier for me to live in the gray space than it is to live in the black and white space because it gives you a certain amount of grace, you know? Like yes. It's uh anti-perfectionism in a lot of ways. Dude, I think you just for me, you just nailed it. It's easier to live in the gray space once you realize that the gray space is what is what that it actually exists if people could realize that actually all of life is gray i think they would have an easier time navigating life yeah i mean i think i agree a lot of work to get there yes yes agree i yeah i agree i think once you're there you're like oh wait i don't gotta be on time to everything I don't have to be eating broccoli every day for dinner. I don't have to. There's so many things that go into it where you're like, oh, like I have so much grace for myself now. Like, and that's exactly. I think also a big piece of like the self-love conversation is you mm-hmm. have to be able to have grace for yourself. If you don't have grace for yourself, how do you have grace for other people? There's no, ha- ha- there's no way. No. Not authentically anyway. Right. 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 That's yeah. the key. That's good. <laughs> I know. It's hard. What the what the what the what the